Hi friends, welcome to another episode of our Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series at the Why on Earth community. And I'm so happy that today we have the opportunity to talk with Katie Garces. Hi, Katie. Hi, Aaron. And Katie uh, comes with a very interesting background and story. And I'm so excited that we have the opportunity to visit with her today and have a discussion that I'm confident you all are going to find very uh, interesting and, and hopefully inspiring. So Katie is both a nurse practitioner and a certified nutritional therapy practitioner, which means that she has deep expertise and training in what we might call the conventional Western uh, medical world, as well as a very deep set of expertise and knowledge uh, in the food and nutrition realm. And which brings together an incredible framework for understanding how health and well-being can be cultivated in our lives today. And uh, this blending in her professional background in traditional healthcare, wellness, and nutrition with her passion for the healing power of spiritual wholeness for women and men across the country has Katie helping folks cultivate health and well-being in communities all over. Uh, Katie also has been producing a whole lot of content and her blog was listed as the 2017, one of the top 10 health blogs to watch in the Huffington Post. Uh, her work has also been published in Paleo Magazine, Westward Magazine, and uh, her recipes have been published in Paleo Magazine's Holiday and Summer Cookbook Series, which is awesome. And then Katie has also founded the wildly popular Denver-based uh, Beyond Book Club, and serves fellow nutritionists and students with her enterprising nutritionist coaching and mentorships programs. So Katie resides in Denver with her husband, twin boys, and their puppy named Piper. And Katie, so much, uh, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Oh, Aaron, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I know that was a mouthful getting through that. <laughs> well, it's a lot of uh, important information, and I think it's it's particularly uh, pertinent to what we're going to be discussing today. I think it's really uh, important that our audience understands your background, the technical expertise, the different disciplines you're coming from, as we're going to be talking about uh, health and well-being in the context of our very busy modern lives and world. And I thought it would be a fun place to start, Katie, to ask you to sort of walk us through what you call your trifecta of sexy, spiritual, and sane. Absolutely. So I developed sexy, spiritual, sane probably about three years ago now, based out of a need that I found for myself that was not out there. I was looking for communities and tribes and spaces online and virtually that um, included, encompassed all of the above what I'm about to des describe. And what I was finding was there, yeah, there was groups that were super spiritual. And yeah, there were mom groups out there. And, you know, but there was nothing that was doing it all. You know, the mom groups was like, if you said the word spiritual, you might be kicked out. And then the spiritual groups, if you complained about your kids or said you wanted, you know, to kill your husband or something, you could, you weren't spiritual enough. And I just, I'm like, where all of this is human humanity, right? All of this is us. And we need a place to be all of those things, a safe place. And so I created Sexy Spiritual Sane, which began as just a private community for women, a Facebook community. 
And the way I describe sexy spiritual saying is sexy is the way we feel in our bodies, the way we feel in our skin, it's health, it's how we eat, move, sleep, reduce stress, all of the things that make us feel good in our skin, no matter what the scale says, no matter what you know size pants we're wearing or whatever, it's just really how we feel in our skin and that's gonna be different for everybody. So sexy is really kind of encompassing that physical piece. Um, spiritual is encompassing, um, finding what that means for us because what we maybe were raised with, what we're into now or lack of what we're into now, um, it's a really big component of our overall mind-body wellness. It's, I, I like to say it's plugging back into that spiritual power outlet, if you will. And for some of us, it's discovering something totally new. For some of us, it's rediscovering something we may have left and it may look a lot different. Um, for some, it's finding a whole new definition of what spirituality is. But we are uh, physical beings having a spiritual, I'm sorry, we are spiritual beings having a physical existence. So we need to embrace spirituality, whatever that means to us. And I think a lot of people are scared of the word spirituality. They immediately get taken back to some, you know, stuffy old church that they couldn't wait to get out of. And so I really um, encourage and try to help facilitate people finding what that means for them and really plugging back into that. Because I think when we have that foundation, all the other things that we need to work on or maybe that we are, that we think is wrong in our life, um, all that stuff can start to fall into place a little bit easier and with a little bit more flow. Um, and then the same piece is, especially for us women, especially for the moms out there, you know, we have eight balls in the air at all times. We are super multitaskers. Um, but that doesn't always serve us and that doesn't always serve our hearts and our souls when we feel pulled in 18 different directions. So it's really about having that life balance and we're told we can have it all. We think we can have it all and to some extent we can, but if we're not doing any of it well, then we don't have anything, right? And so it's really learning how to say no when we need to say no, setting boundaries, finding the things that are gonna work well for our life, not our neighbors, not the mom down the street, um, finding the work that lights us up, not because it's what we necessarily went to school for, what our parents think we should do. It's really kind of getting back into our, what's truly gonna make us same and then that life balance and so for me that trifecta is you know the physical aspect the spiritual aspect and really that mental health and just kind of getting through the day piece and i think when we can work on that um, we have the best shot of being truly happy and healthy both mentally physically spiritually all of the above well it's beautiful katie i think it's such a compelling framework and it it excites me as as i know you know um I believe for us right now in our culture, which has in many respects become highly secular in certain uh, communities anyhow, I, I think it's so important for us to be able to have discussions that include spirituality. And, and there's a difference between, you know, me trying to convince you or persuade you to believe something a certain way. That, that's very different than me saying, hey, part of this experience is spiritual. And perhaps I might even share, here are a few ways I experience that. I'm really interested, how do you experience that? And I think if we can cultivate more acceptance around having those discussions, it's actually gonna help us as a culture uh, create more sanity, more stability, more, more sense that there is greater purpose and connection uh, beyond you know, what we're gonna find at the grocery store or something like that. And uh, I'm just, I'm curious, Katie, um, what, what is something you might share just in terms of that, that spiritual 
connectivity that you might experience, you know, in the day to day or week to week? Sure. Um, I think that's a great question. And I get that a lot. It's, you know, how do I deepen my spiritual connection? Because I think a lot of people, and I used to feel this way too, literally equated spirituality with going to church or religion. And I was raised Catholic, as you were. Um, and that's still a big part of who I am. And I would say it is a big piece of my spirituality, but it doesn't define or encompass my entire spirituality. And once I was able to reconcile that with myself, um, it opened up this whole world of things that light my spirit up. And to me, that is kind of the definition of spirituality. Mm-hmm. So things, and I do a lot of things to, to help maintain and deepen my spiritual practice. Um, I meditate. I try to spend as much time in nature as I can. I live in the city, so that might include just, you know, walking my dog at night at dusk, which I think is a beautiful time of day. Um, and I try to do it as much of my time walking him, her in, in quiet, in peace. Um, just so It's almost like that walking meditation that I know you and I have talked about before. Um, I read books, I listen to podcasts, I follow people that I find inspirational or that their words really touch my touch my spirit um, on you know the social medias. Um, I'm gonna go to a, my first spiritual retreat. I you know I have conversations with people like yourself who want to understand and deepen and explore spirituality. Um, I always say sleep is a spiritual practice. I think when we give ourselves the self-care, especially as we get older, we, I think we need more, um, to really respect our body's need for sleep and rest, um, that we are physically, um, more capable, um, and just ready to, you know, hit the day when we're well rested. And that allows us to have space for these things that can help deepen our conversations. Um, that's most of it. it's kind of like piecemeal it's kind of all over the place music music is a huge one for me and I'm not even saying like spiritual music per se it's anything that lights me up I feel like I always tell people spiritual uh, music is the number one thing to kind of raise your vibe or pop, pop your mood like if you're in a bad mood put on one of your favorite songs playlists like it just it's almost impossible not to like get happy when you listen to your favorite music absolutely I love that I, I was just uh, meditating on on music and how it literally almost instantly transports us in time and space and psycho-spiritual experience okay. mm-hmm. almost instantly. And it's, it's so powerful. And we happen to live in a time where our technology essentially allows us to access virtually any music at any time. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, what, what an incredible gift that is right now. It really is. Like I heard a song on some HBO show the other day it was an old Led Zeppelin song. I was like, oh my God. And I've been listening to it for like two weeks straight because it just, it's thank you. I mean, the beginning, that music is just amazing. And it just, I don't know, just like makes my day. I pack my kids lunches to it every morning. It's amazing. <laughs> love that. I oh, love that, Katie. Well, I, I, I'm really struck by you mentioning uh, being lit up. And, and this notion of light is actually something we find uh, throughout time being discussed by humans who are asking those deeper questions about our spiritual lives and so forth. And of course, in the beginning of the, of the Judeo-Christian story in Genesis, we have the divine saying, let there be light, right? So this light thing is, is pretty important. And I think that might tie a little bit to uh, where we're heading in our discussion. And I wanted to also highlight that you mentioned walking at dusk. And mm. there's a very special thing, I think, that occurs around dusk. It's a time of day when um, some of our indigenous wisdom uh, and elders would tell us that the gateways to the spiritual experience are more open. And um, there's something very special, very magical, very powerful about that time of day in particular. 
And uh, before we go there, though, I, I want to ask about the, the sane piece in your trifecta. I am so delighted to see that mental health and well-being is, is one of the three pillars that you're working with. And it strikes me in the course of researching and, and writing Why on Earth, which, of course, the subtitle is Get Smarter, Feel Better, Heal the Planet. Uh, there, there is so much we can do that is not only bolstering the health and well-being we're experiencing in terms of our physical bodies, but also very much in terms of our mental, psychological um, wellness and states of being. And it seems to me that that, that is such an important key to cultivating the kinds of lives we hope for, cultivating the kinds of futures we hope for our kids to experience. And I'd love to hear you speak a little more about some of the, the mental health insights and you know pointers, even tips that you might share with some of the people that you're working with. Yeah, I, I'm glad you pointed that out. I think that Traditionally, when we think about mental health, um, sort of from a black and white standpoint, we think, oh, there's the people that have the diagnosed, you know, severe depression, the bipolar, like the diagnosable conditions, and then there's everybody else. And the fact is, like everybody else, we all have our mental health issues day in and day out, whether you're a stressed out mom who literally doesn't think they can take their kids for one more second, or, you know, I was working with a client today who, you know, her kids are getting a little older and she gave up her prior career to be a mom. And now she's like, well, what do I do? Can I go back? And it's really weighing her down. It's causing anxiety. It's causing lack of sleep. Like, this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about mental health. We don't have to be, you know, in a hospital or on a ton of medications to be, and there's a time and place for that. Don't get me wrong, but to be, to be struggling with our mental health. Um, and so I think, Coming back to, for me, that spirituality piece, whether that's really carving out some time for meditation or contemplation on a daily basis to muck through some of the stuff that's swirling in our head. I always say, you know, when we're so chatty with all the voices in our head, we can't hear all the inner wisdom that we all have within us. And I think that's what's so important about meditation or some sort of contemplative practice is quieting these voices that go on all day long that physically and mentally exhaust us. Quieting, quieting them enough to be able to hear this, this inner wisdom, this inner guide, um, what the universe has for us, what God has for us. We need to slow down and quiet enough to hear that. And then that can help a lot with just kind of getting through the muck. Um, I think, you know, having a community, having people that you can reach out to. One of the biggest things I've seen in my community of women that has helped them is knowing that other women are going through the same types of things that knowing that other women are at the end of their rope or screaming at their kids and they're not the only bad mom out there. Um, that is hugely comforting. I think just as humankind to know that we're not alone and how we feel, even when we might feel crazy or we might feel like nobody else could possibly feel this way or have this much anger. I think just knowing that you're not alone in that is huge. Um, so those, those are the things that first come to mind. I really appreciate that. And I, I, I really appreciate at the outset how you were talking about our, our humanity, you know, really encompasses all of these different dimensions and aspects of being. And that in your work, there, there's really sort of a, an acceptance and an okayness with the, the variability, with the, the ups and downs of our emotional beings. And some, you know, some Pema Chodron and others have equated that to the weather. It's like, oh, there are some dark clouds rolling through, but guess what? in a few hours or a few days, it's going to be sunny again. Yeah. And often that, you know, is perhaps one of the most apt uh, ways to describe what goes on with us as 
uh, emotional uh, beings. And right. I, to, to, to just recognize that and to say that's okay, that's who we are, I think is a huge and important step in moving in the direction of greater balance, health, well-being, and so forth. Right. I also think that as a society, we are so used to having a quick fix. There's a quick fix button for everything. And maybe this will lead us into our next um, component. But whether it's, you know, hopping on the TV and numbing out with the TV show or hopping on our phone and getting our Facebook fix, if we're feeling crappy about something, we have some unpleasant emotions that we don't want to feel. We have tons of ways out right now as a society. And we have lost the ability, and I might say it's our innate ability, to just sit with it and be with those unpleasant feelings because we don't have to as a society. But in, in order for us to move through them, in order for us to move out of these dark places, we have to sit with them, even though they're uncomfortable and even though it sucks and it's not fun. Um, but when we continue to escape with our various ways of escaping, um, we're not really doing ourselves any long-term benefit. We might feel better for the moment, but we're not making the situation better. and We're certainly not growing and evolving out of whatever that is that we're struggling with. Absolutely. Well, I think it is a great segue. And so here we go. Drum roll. We're going to be talking about some things here, Katie, that, that you and I have been personally sharing with, with each other, but uh, haven't you know been talking so much uh, publicly about. And, and I know we've also had the opportunity to chat with some of our friends and peers. And it's interesting because when we're talking about health, well-being, when we're talking about the sexy, when we're talking about the the spiritual, and when we're talking about the, the mental sanity, there, there's this nexus point that connects all these dots in a sense, which is our neurobiochemistry, right? And there's so much going on in our complex uh, biochemical bodies uh, that is related to mood, that is related to what's happening physically and so on. And one of the ways we quickly fix when we're feeling stressed or we're feeling uh, unpleasant about something is what we pour a glass of wine or a martini or uh, grab a cold beer and you and I were now at an age where we're really beginning to say you know what that might not be one of the most effective tools any longer for working as a human being through all of the different uh, ups and downs and the mucks and so on and so you and I are both uh, experimenting with not drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's an amazing uh, opportunity to share with our, our friends and our audiences and other folks out there because it seems to me the more I talk one-on-one -on -one with an old high school buddy or a colleague about this, that person will quickly say something like, wow, I've been thinking about that too. And let's talk about that a little more. And so, Katie, here we are uh, having a, a very public discussion about this, and I'd love to, to hear from you uh, kind of where you're at in, in this journey with your relationship with alcohol, with the spirits. Right, and ironic that that's what it's called, right? I know you've shared a little bit about that with yeah. me before, but... Um, yeah, so I um, stopped drinking in July, and... This was a very long time in coming decision, one that I have um, wrestled with in my mind for quite a while, actually. Um, wine and alcohol and that um, activity has been a part of my life for all, most of my life. It was you know, in my family growing up, not in a problematic way, it's just always been there. 
And I think, as you mentioned, as we get older, um, I, for me, it was twofold. There's the physical component of as we get older, we just don't tolerate it as well. We, I could have one glass of wine and feel, not sleep that night, feel crappy the next day, and really have it ruin my day. Maybe not make it to the gym, and then you feel bad about yourself, and you're maybe not feeling great, so you eat kind of crappy, and it's just like this, you know, kind of negative spiral. Um, but then there's that whole other piece that we're talking about, sort of the emotional, spiritual, mental piece, and I feel like in a way it was kind of like squashing my spirit. Here I am constantly trying to grow, evolve, um, learn more about myself, come into my own, um, and do the same, help other women do the same. And I kind of felt like my relationship with alcohol was beginning to hinder that. I also was recognizing that it was becoming more of a habit than I wanted it to be. And with any habit, um, they're hard to break. And especially a habit that um, you're consuming a, what's proven to be an addictive substance, it's going to be that much harder to break. It's one thing to, you know, um, you know, change an easy habit that doesn't include a substance, but you know, it's easy, but easier. So I just was recognizing all of this. And, you know, it wasn't that I was identifying with being an alcoholic. I wasn't, I didn't have some major life event or hit rock bottom. Um, I've even heard the term gray area drinking, which I would say I affiliate a little bit more with just kind of um, zooming out a little bit and taking, um, you know, inventory of my life and the areas, you know, I talk a lot about self-care and I obviously talk a lot about health and food and the things that we can eat and the way that we can live to, to be as healthy as we can physically and emotionally. Yet here I am putting, um, you know, a, a toxin essentially, right, into my body on a regular basis. It, it, it started to feel incongruent and it started to, you know, they say alcohol works till it doesn't. Um, a lot of things that we do work for us until they don't. And I just didn't feel like it was working anymore. It was feeling counterproductive to my productivity, to my happiness, to my presence in my life with my clients, my friends, my kids, my husband. So um, it was just a choice that I felt was a long time in coming. And one day I just decided. It's so, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Well, it's, I, I really appreciate in our friendship that we've been able to share back and forth over the months and even over the years. And one of the things that to me is, is so awesome about not drinking for several months now is probably now a few times a week, I suddenly get this aha and it's like, oh my gosh, it's sort of like I have twice as much time as I used to have. Mm, and yes. In, in part, this is because for me, when I would go in in an afternoon or an evening and enjoy some wine or beer with friends, often the next day, I, I feel so sluggish and physically drained, but also I feel like mentally rather foggy and not firing on all cylinders or whatever mm -hmm. the expression is. And now it's like, wow, every day I'm clear and productive and able to say, whoa, I'm feeling tired. Perhaps it's time to go take a walk in the woods for a few minutes or whatever, to have a little bit more of that self-awareness that I think helps us kind of navigate through all the different weather, the daily weather, uh, in a way that we're probably not only taking better care of ourselves, but perhaps we're even uh, more fun to be around and, and uh, better folks in our families and communities and all of that as well. Um, so anyway, to me, there's, there's all this upside in my experiment of not drinking alcohol. 
Absolutely. I agree. And right after I, I stopped, we had tickets for a concert and I was really worried because I don't think I've ever been to a concert sober. Um, but I really went into it just kind of to see just as an experiment, like how is this going to go? And I was pleasantly surprised that I was still up on my feet singing and dancing. I remember every minute of it. It was, I wasn't hungover the next day. It was just amazing to me that that um, that possibility even existed because I wouldn't have even entertained it before, to be honest. And um, I think that, you know, it's part of, I think it's kind of part of growing up. Um, just what are our priorities and how do we want to feel and how do we want to show up in our life um, for not only the people in our lives, but for ourselves? Because, you know, we're all blessed and lucky enough to be having given this wonderful life and we have the choice what we want to do with it. And I agree when we're feeling sluggish, and not on our game, then we're not able to show up and bring all the awesome things that we have to share with the world. Um, so I love that you've been doing it. You've been a huge inspiration for me and it's exciting. I actually feel like the biggest feeling or emotion that I've had about this is, um, is freedom. It's freedom because I don't feel obligated. I don't feel, oh, should I, shouldn't I not drink tonight? It's, it's off the table and that's okay. Um, I have freedom to not worry about needing to sleep in because I've been up at a party drinking too. There's just so much freedom that it's been given to me already. And it really excites me for what that's going to allow me to do in the future. It's so beautiful, Katie. Well, it, it, it makes me think about a spiritual freedom that perhaps shows up and you know, I remember talking with my brother, Ethan, a few months ago, and he shared with me, wow, Carl Jung, the philosopher and uh, psychologist, actually wrote a bit about our relationship with alcohol. And I didn't realize this till he was explaining it to me. And, and what Jung said was essentially, for a lot of us, uh, consuming, imbibing alcohol is part of an impulse to have deeper connection with the divine, to have deeper spiritual experience. But of course, it gets in the way of that authentically occurring. And it's interesting to me that part of this spiritual searching and exploration we humans have been doing for a long, long, long time is that it's very closely linked to the notion of freedom. And uh, I'm really wondering if for us and some of our other friends and peers, if there isn't perhaps also an opportunity to experience more spiritual connectivity in our lives when it's no longer being uh, sort of substituted by the effects of drinking alcohol. I agree 100%. And I would say in the past, I, I was seeking those deeper spiritual experiences, you know, with, you know, wine or what have you. But now that I am clear at all times, I feel like even on my evening walks, I'm so much more clear. I'm so much more, I just feel like I'm so much more open to receive whatever it is that I need to be receiving. Um, I definitely feel more connected and that's what I wanted. And that's what I was kind of searching for. And I feel like it was kind of a shoulder tap from God, the universe. Um, and it was just a matter of time for me to be ready to accept that. And I appreciate that tap, tap, tap. And the people in my life like you that keep, you know, kept kind of coming up and showing and by example. Um, and, and I think when we pay attention to those shoulder taps, we eventually know what we need to do. Um, and I do believe that timing is perfect for everybody. So um, I'm just very thankful for all of that. Absolutely, Katie. Well, I know that the, the conversations, the sharing, just, just in our recent discussions, is so powerful. And 
you know, for me, uh, back to this dusk and light and late afternoon, early evening, gloaming is a term some of our friends may know. Um, there's a time of day when that light is really getting magical. And that's when I tend to say, oh, boy, it would be nice to have a nice cold glass of sparkling wine or something like that. But that's when I think, no, I have friends out there I've had these conversations with. I, have, I know there's something deeper going on here. I don't actually need that wine. I'm not going to have that wine. And anyway, for me, it ends up being very liberating. So now I can enjoy that moment when previously it would be a very tempting time of day. And now it's like, wow, it's kind of a fun, almost comical, but still kind of profound part of the day where I can appreciate the beauty and, and just have a feeling of gratitude to be able to make these kinds of choices now. Right. And presence, just being fully present. Absolutely. I think that part of the reason that, you know, that time of day um, sort of speaks to us is a, it's habitual, right? Maybe we've been doing it for lots of years. It's, you know, happy hour or, you know, it's just kind of what we do at the end of the day. But also I think it's so societal. I mean, I think they say like 80, 80 to 90% of uh, adults in the U S drink. And again, I'm not, I'm not judging anybody and everybody, you know, do your thing, but I think we're so, it's so normalized and it's so, you know, this is what we do and this is how we unwind and this is how we relax. And it's made to look very attractive on you know, TV and magazines. And even when you walk by and you see a couple, you know, having their last wine at dusk, it's like, oh, that looks so nice. Like I want to be a part of that, you know? So I think sort of unlearning that or unwinding that is part of the process. I know it is for me. Um, and just kind of getting past that initial, like, Ooh, that looks nice, but you know what? I can have just the same experience, if not a greater one with my sparkling water. <laughs> Right. That's so beautiful, Katie. Well, I know that you are uh, inviting folks to join you for the Stoptober um, event that you're doing in October, the accountability and support group in October for those interested in trying a month without alcohol. And in the show notes are some uh, informational links for folks who want to check that out. I want to make sure that people know about katiegarces.com, that go and check out your blog, and um, to also uh, look at the uh, Sexy Spiritual Sane uh, Facebook group where you're working with uh, a whole bunch of like-minded women um, who are uh, on that path of cultivating health and, and well-being in all those different dimensions. And um, Katie, is there anything else in terms of resources and events coming up that, that you want to share with folks? I think that's everything. Um, you know, on social media, I do post quite a bit, pretty active on Instagram and um, Facebook, and that's also at Katie Garces. And yeah, regarding the, the Stoptober, that's again, just a group for people who are maybe curious and exploring their relationship with alcohol. This by no means um, defines you or commits you to anything. It's just a to start with, just sort of a, a challenge just to see, can I do this? Do I want to do this? How do I feel when I do it? Um, so there'll be some educational pieces. Um, it's going to be pretty low key, but just a just a opportunity for us to walk through this together and explore and and see what may come for it. So I would really invite people to to check that out and join us. Beautiful, thanks, Katie. And I, I want to also mention for our audience and, and listeners that um, this is the Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability Podcast, and I want to invite you to. Go to our whyonearth.org slash market and use the code podcast to get special discounts on our digital products, including the audiobook version of Why on Earth, 
and we're so excited to share that with you all. You'll find in Why on Earth that a few of the chapters in particular, uh, Connect, Delight, uh, Culture, and Balance, are probably um, really nicely tied to the discussion we're having today with Katie. And also wanted to mention, and, and Katie, you uh, reminded me of this before the call, that uh, our recently launched um, relaxation soaking salts, Waylay Waters, uh, also provides one of the opportunities for great self-care on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. And want to invite folks to go to waylaywaters.com, check out our free uh, soaking ceremony guide if you'd like to check that out. And I think, you know, in that, spirit, Katie, I mean, so much of this is really about upping, enhancing our health and well-being experience. And while some of that is is what we choose to put down, uh, a lot of this is also what we choose to pick up in the way of new habits and new practices. And I know you and I um, spend a lot of time developing some of those frameworks to share with folks. And maybe we could end, uh, wrap up our discussion, Katie, by uh, you sharing with folks some of your favorites and, and what you would uh, suggest in lieu of drinking from time to time. Mm. I think it's really important that if we're going to take away uh, a habit or something that we routinely do, like you said, to absolutely fill it up with something. So that's a, you know, whether that's a come home from work, changing up your routine or end of the night routine. So something like soaking in waylay waters is, would be amazing. Plus there's so many other benefits um, with those uh, bath salts. Um, I recommend women, I mean, all of the things we've talked about, you know, are awesome and important, but I think women, especially moms, we tend to be a little bit, um, I don't want to use the word martyr, but you know, we feel almost guilty if we take any time for ourselves. So I like to give women permission to go book yourself a massage or go get your darn tiptoes done and relax and don't feel guilty, um, to just take some things that make you, that you're just loving up on yourself. And you're feeling like a woman and you're feeling like you don't have to be a mom for that moment and you don't have to worry about your business for that moment or wherever it is. Um, That stuff feels like you're like when I do it, I feel like I'm spoiling myself and that feels good. And for a lot of years, I I didn't think that was okay. And so I think that's a huge part of self-care and and finding and doing the things that you love. Um, Don't do an exercise routine because everybody says it's what you should be doing. Do it. Do find something that you love. Find that something that makes you feel good and feel makes you feel the way you want to feel. Those are the things. That is what self-care is and being okay with your decision. Absolutely. So beautiful. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being with us today. Katie Garces. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much for having me. I agree.